With a brand new series beginning today on Search for Truth, your Bible teacher Brian Johnston is with us once again and this time we're going to study a character in the Old Testament of the Bible in order to learn about some vital home truths. That's what this series is called, Some Vital Home Truths. So we begin in home and a test of fidelity. Brian is here to take up the story. Thanks, John. Early on, the Bible introduces us to someone who would appear to be the most unlikely candidate for success. I'm referring to Joseph, born to the patriarch Jacob. From his youth, Joseph seems to experience one misadventure after another. But he overcomes, and the great secret of his life is shared repeatedly in the Bible book of Genesis. It's evidently not God's intention that we should miss it. It's the secret of his success, and it's this, that God was with him in all that he went through. If God is for us, as the Apostle Paul will say later in the Bible, who can be against us? But let's remind ourselves of some of the details of Joseph's remarkable story so that we might trace the hand of God over it all, the God who spoke to Joseph as a teenager. Now, that's a remarkable thing. It's worth pausing right there. I don't mean that it's so remarkable that God should speak to a teenager, but what's remarkable is this, that that was the only recorded time in his life when the Bible tells us of God speaking directly to Joseph. And it was dreams that God used to hint at where Joseph's life was headed. There were later times when God helped Joseph have insight into the dreams of other people. But I'm suggesting that wasn't a message directly to Joseph. By contrast, Abraham and Jacob and later Moses knew God speaking to them more frequently and indeed throughout the course of their entire lives. But with Joseph... It's only recorded happening once, as a teenager. But the remarkable thing was that it set him up for life. It set the course of his entire life. That's one way we see the fidelity of Joseph. He remained true to God's revelation, even through dark and challenging times, when God's early promises must have seemed to be only a memory that mocked him. It's good when, early in life, we become convinced that God has met with us and will do what he's promised, and we become motivated to remain faithful to his call. Looking back decades later through the lens of our life's experiences and opportunities, we are then able to confirm the reality of that early encounter with God. As we say, let's remind ourselves of the details of Joseph's formative years. As we take our Bible reading from Genesis chapter 37, I also want you to register another aspect of Joseph's fidelity, and it's this, how he bore faithful witness to God's revealed truth, even when it provoked tensions and jealousies within his family. This is what we read. Now Jacob lived in the land where his father had sojourned, in the land of Canaan. These are the records of the generations of Jacob. Joseph, when 17 years of age, was pasturing the flock with his brothers while he was still a youth. Now Israel, another name for Jacob, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his sons because he was the son of his old age and he made him a very coloured tunic. His brothers saw that his father loved him more than all his brothers and so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. Then Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. 
He said to them, Please listen to this dream which I have had, for behold, we are binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf rose up and also stood erect, and behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. Then his brother said to him, Are you actually going to reign over us, or are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Now he had still another dream, and related it to his brothers, and said, Lo, I have had still another dream, and behold, the sun and the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. He related it to his father and to his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have had? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come to bow ourselves down before you to the ground? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. That was the only time, as we were saying, in the life of Joseph when the Bible records God as having spoken directly to him. In this case, using dreams to project a glimpse of where his life was headed. With Joseph, it was just that once, as a teenager, but the remarkable thing was that it set the course of his entire life. Much later in life, from his comfortable throne in the palace, I wonder, did he think back to those dreams he'd once had as a teenager on the floor of his tent in a faraway land, amid all the ridicule of his brothers? With profound gratitude, he'd learnt to acknowledge all the way that God had led him. God had in reality been with him, in the pit and in the prison, as much as in the palace. Our surroundings and circumstances don't matter as much as knowing that God is with us. When we live conscious of God's presence, as Joseph did, then it's an incentive to keep us faithful to God. Early in the history of Christianity, the apostles remembered the words of King David in the Old Testament when he said in Psalm 16 that he recognised the Lord always before him. That is, he was conscious of the Lord's presence in his life. David, like Joseph, was tested in having to wait for God's early promised blessings to become a reality, patiently waiting through tough times. God's word of promise tried them, as it does us too at times. Psychologists talk of something that they call cognitive dissonance. They would see it happening when someone's behaviour is no longer consistent with their beliefs. That brings discord or discomfort into their life. We're only comfortable when our beliefs and behaviours are in agreement. As an example, someone may believe in celibacy following a divorce. But if they then find themselves with the status of a divorcee and find themselves attracted to someone else such that they want to get remarried, they may find a way to modify their previous beliefs so as to accommodate the behaviour they now desire. It's hard to live with tension between our beliefs and our behaviours. Of course, if our beliefs are biblical, then it's our behaviours we should modify so that they conform to our biblical beliefs. But the temptation is to change our beliefs to accommodate our behaviour. The same type of challenge presents when, as a committed disciple of Jesus Christ, we are careful to follow his commands. But if it should be that we experience what appears to be a lack of blessing on our spiritual experience, then we may be tempted to give up on any further attempt at exact obedience, settling instead for what seems to work elsewhere as we look around us at the experience of others. It takes fidelity to continue steadfastly in our biblical beliefs 
when we don't see the reasonable results we might expect. Joseph models that kind of fidelity, that type of faithfulness, and he gives us a good example to learn from. But there's another aspect to his fidelity. Let's go back with him to that early time when he had those dreams. The 37th chapter of Genesis tells us, Joseph, when 17 years of age, was pastoring the flock with his brothers while he was still a youth, along with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report about them to his father. Of course, this may well indicate a measure of naivety or precociousness. Did he really think this information would endear him to his older brothers? On the other hand, he did bear faithful witness to God's revealed truth, undaunted by the fact that it contributed to pre-existing family tensions. I salute a teenager I know like that in the Philippines. He's been through the same kind of experience. His family worship ancestral spirits, but he's experienced God speaking to him through the Bible. He shared the good news of Christianity from the Bible faithfully with his father and he's been rejected for it and thrown out onto the streets. I pray that, like Joseph, the truth that God has revealed to him early in life will set the direction of his whole life until Jesus comes. And I've never forgotten a young believer I met years ago in India. He came from a Hindu family before finding forgiveness for all his sins through the cross of Christ. When his father died, he was asked to carry a blazing torch to ignite his father's funeral pyre. He respectfully begged to be excused, saying he was already carrying a cross for Jesus. What these two young disciples have in common is their fidelity in witnessing to God's revealed truth in the Bible and to following the Lord Jesus Christ. What about us? Are we prepared to stand up to witness for a particular truth of God's word, which we know will be unpopular in a given setting or with a specific group of people? It's tempting to water it down, or to speak it softly, or talk about a different topic whenever we suspect there'll be no favourable response. We are stewards of God's word, and it's required in stewards that they're found to be faithful. We've been thinking of Joseph in his parental home, growing up as a youth. This study has drawn attention to his fidelity. He kept faith with the content of the dreams he received, and so with the word of God to him. What's more, he was a faithful witness to the content of that revelation from God. This is the first of five homes or five houses with which Joseph in his life was associated. From each, we hope to learn one vital home truth. In this instance, in his parents' house, Joseph models fidelity. Let's learn with him this vital home truth for followers of Christ.
Now, as usual, there's a free book to accompany this series, which can be yours for the asking if you write in by post or email. Just ask for Vital Home Truths. As I say, you can do this by email or by post, and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN4, 8DY, UK. And our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. You may be interested to know as well that you can listen again to many of these broadcasts off-air by audio podcast or mp3 versions. If you go to www.searchfortruth.podbean.com you can browse the list of previous talks which you'll see has been sorted into categories and that should assist you to find what you're looking for. Sorry to say our time has almost gone, but it's been great to have your company. Thank you. I look forward to you joining me next week, if you can. But until then, it's cheerio and very best wishes from our Bible teacher, Brian, our producer, David, our singers and me, John. So see you soon and may God richly bless you. Yeah.